Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Community Pulse podcast. I'm PJ Haggerty, at Asplenic on Twitter. Hey, everyone. I'm Mary Thingwell, at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm Jason Hand, at Jason Hand on Twitter. And all three of us are very excited. This is our first podcast of 2018. Um, and we're going to take the opportunity to start things off right, something that people are probably thinking about um, as each new year dawns. I know it's something that I think about every January, and that's uh, meetups. Uh, I, I love meetups. Uh, as a speaker, I love meetups because it's a great place to try out new slides, new material, new information. It's also a great place to get feedback about what's going on with different communities, um, especially because there's a familiarity there that maybe conferences don't give. You know, these are people that are local. They know what's going on. You know them on a personal level. So you get a chance to chat and, and mix up and get different perspectives a little bit with people that are comfortable having that conversation. But yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of meetups. Yeah, I am too. I, I love them from a getting to know the people in your area aspect and from the networking aspect alone. Um, even just finding people who are working on the same projects as you are. I've lost track of the number of community folks that I've met who are at meetups for the same reason that I am, just to talk to people who are in their community. But it's a great chance for us to get to know each other as well. Yeah, I... Uh gonna have to like plus one both of that um, for me meetups has actually been um, it's and it's not just the technical side I've actually been you know a member of meetup.com for probably seven years or something like that and some of my best friends uh, I met through snowboarding meetups uh, way back just trying to you know get a uh, get into a local community in the Colorado area and just make some friends doing doing something I loved and wanted to talk talk about and learn more about so um, that's how I got kind of got into the meetup um, seen in general, and then obviously within the more recent years, uh, a lot more involvement with some of these uh, technical meetups and, and getting up in front of people and speaking, but also organizing them rather than just being, you know, sort of, sort of part of the community. So uh, I think meetups have served a great purpose, not only in the tech field, but, but in a lot of different areas of, of people's world in general. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting you bring up meetup.com um, because I feel like that's really a gateway it's interesting because I, I think meetup.com started with a focus on technical meetups, you know, specifically with programming languages and later getting into infrastructure and cloud and DevOps and agile and all that. And eventually branching out to things. I, I know I get, I get the regular meetups like, Oh, there's a new meetup in your area. There's one, it was just about going to eat cake. And I, I am so totally into this. <laughs> like it's just a bunch of people who want to go once a month and eat some cake on a Tuesday night. And I'm like, that's amazing. These are my people. Right. And I, I think I think that's what meetups are about, saying, you know, these are my people. Here's a place where I can I can socialize, I can learn. Um, I mean, even if it's not a technical meetup, like Jason, you're talking about snowboarding meetups. I'm sure you've learned a few tips and tricks from snowboarders by going to a snowboarding meetup. Um, and to me, that's what meetups are all about. It's about, you know, expanding your knowledge on a thing by seeing people doing things in a way that isn't necessarily, you know, what you would do if you were heads down by yourself, you know, in the basement. Yeah. Yeah, lots of times I, I actually will, will discover a, a new meetup, you know, something I'd never heard about, like, uh, you know, stand-up paddleboarding with your dog or something. And I was like, ah, I love stand-up paddleboarding, and I love my dog, but that sounds like something I should look into. And I'll just get lost kind of looking at some of the local, really just local communities and see, what, see what's going on and see what it kind of interests me. And, um, yeah, so I think that's a big reason why we wanted to talk about this, because it's not just about meetup.com. It's really about kind of micro-communities coming together. Um, whether that's as part of a larger sort of technical technical community such as meetup.com um, and um, there's been some 
sort of lately a little bit of distinguishing conversations between what is the value of certain types of meetups. And there's, there's ones where it's purely just individuals coming together and saying, hey, we want to talk and, and learn and share about this one thing. And then there's others where there's sort of uh, what we call the branded meetup where organizations sort of step in and, and want to sort of control that a little bit more. So um, PJ, I remember there was, there was actually something on Twitter not too long ago um, about someone from, I don't think they were from Meetup, but they had some strong opinions about, about Meetup, and it seemed like they definitely um, were on the side of uh, keep away from the branded stuff, but at the same time, they also had some yeah. ideas about uh, you know, sponsorship and all this stuff. So maybe this is already getting into that, the weeds a little bit, but yeah, that, what's your, that, your thoughts about branded meetup versus sort of the more organic approach? Yeah, th we could definitely address that tweet on a totally different episode of conspiracy theories and strange people <laughs> on the internet. But uh, yeah, um, so I, I've been doing meetups for a while. Actually, uh, when I worked at a, at a company, we were really, really into doing meetups to the point where I wrote a guide on how to do meetups. It was about 24 pages. Um, and one of the things that, that I mentioned in that guide is it's important to have a way to sustain the meetup and sponsorship is a good way to do that. But what seems to have grown over the past couple of years is the idea of the branded meetup. So, you know, I work for company X and company X is big into Python. Um, they love the Python community and they're a part of the Python community. They'd also like to have a, a meetup. So they're going to have the brand X Python meetup. That's really, you know, it's, it's, it's held at their location, their office, or their shared work workspace. Um, generally, the first speaker of the night or a speaker for progressive meetups, the first few meetups, is someone from their, from Company X who's, who's saying, this is how we do Python and Company X. This is how we do testing in Python and Company X. These are some of the packages, Python packages we're using at Company X. Uh, check it out. And it's interesting because it, it becomes kind of a sales pitch or even a recruiting tool for company X. And it moves away from the community ideal of meetup for meetup's sake. Um, so that's kind of, you know, it's more about the brand than it is about the, the, the subject matter, so to speak. And I, I think it depends on the company. I think it depends on the topic. I think it depends on a lot of things. Like I've, as, as someone who spent a lot of time in O'Reilly and a lot of time working with our user group program, like user groups are the, or meetups are the user groups of today. Um, but, but that idea of the, you know, Linux user group, the lug groups, the pug groups, the, all of these different things that, that popped up. And I think a lot of those really took off because sure there were, you know, uh, canonical was heavily involved in the Ubuntu user groups. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you had, you know, a huge open source community behind it as well. And so you had a lot of different speakers and people from different places and people contributing different things and lots of different topics that could be brought into it. Um, Puppet has been the same way, right? Like they've got user groups all over the world. And I used to work really closely with Kara when I was working with Chef just to kind of compare notes on what they were doing and how they were doing it. And the interesting thing to me was always that Puppet was very, very clear on we run puppet user groups and we will also send speakers to devops user groups around the world but we run puppet user groups and we help found puppet user groups and here's our playbook for that thing mm -hmm. whereas with chef if we had people come to us and say hey we want to create a chef user group we'd say please don't <laughs> because it was very specifically a like you will have far too hard of a time finding speakers you will have mm -hmm. far too hard of a time finding sponsors you will have far too hard of a time doing all of these things and we don't want to we don't want to set you up for failure 
and so it was always an interesting uh, juxtaposition to me to see, you know, Puppet put a ton of time and effort into building these user groups, and they were really, really successful in it. But they also had someone whose full-time job was literally running those user groups and making sure that they were kept up and running and had all the resources that they needed. Whereas with Chef, we plugged into any of the DevOps user groups that we could find just about everywhere around the world. And we sponsored those implicitly because we would, you know, help pay the, the meetup.com fees and we'd send speakers and we'd, you know, help uh, send customers their way for sponsorships and all of those types of things. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's a little bit dependent. I think there's definitely a spectrum, mm -hmm. um, and I think you know in my example, I'm talking about a company that's using a tool. I think in your example, like it, with Puppet, Puppet is the tool, so I think it makes sense for them to have a branded meetup. And I think you know those are that's kind of the two ends of the spectrum. You know, if if for example, you know, in the Ruby community, if Ruby Gems decided to have a Ruby Gems meetup, I'm sure that would be successful because that's an actual tool or Bundler or something like that. But if um, right. If, for example, I'm trying to think of, well, to, to use my, my, if Engine Yard decided to just say, you know, we're having the Engine Yard Ruby meetup, chances are, A, that's going to be about what they, how they use Ruby at Engine Yard and how you should use Ruby at Engine Yard and how you should use Engine Yard, which I don't have anything against that. But it would probably also take away from a community event somewhere in the same area where, say, you know, Bob and Mary, not you, Mary, totally different Mary. Bob and Mary are throwing a Ruby meetup in Dayton, Ohio, and that's what they're doing. But Engineer comes in and wants to have their brand in a meetup. Well, one has more money behind it, so one's actually taking away from the community. And that's, and that's my biggest it, concern with a branded meetup. Yeah, and not only is it taking away from the community, but it's also not as valuable to the community because it's not going to be as broad of a spectrum of topics. Exactly. As good of a range of information, all of those things. Right. So I wonder if some of this is semantics. You know, we, the, I think the term meetup has almost like been Kleenexed where it's just, it's just the, it's just <laughs> like, the brand. That's a verb now. <laughs> it's been, yeah, it's been whatever. It's been Xeroxed, but it, the idea is that, you know, kind of the, to, to Mary's point on what she's talking about and, and tools that are specific around Puppet or Engine Yard or something like that is that, does that really, to me, to me, that's not a meetup anymore. That is specific and it's not, you know, a meetup is more about bringing people together with ideas that are completely already sort of separate, but they're looking for each other and they come, they meet up to, to then sort of share more information amongst each other. Mm -hmm. I feel like the ones we're talking about, a branded meetup, whether it's a user conference or something else, it's really driven by strongly by, by the brand, obviously, and, and they have expectations that they're trying to, um, you know, hit in terms of if we're going to put money down to sponsor this, then we need some sort of ROI. And if, mm -hmm. if we all agree that that's just going to be brand awareness, then that's fine. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, we don't put the money and effort into something that doesn't give us some kind of return. Whereas meetups in a lot of cases, I think they sort of spark up by individuals who just have this sort of desire to share and learn more information. Um, so I wonder, I don't know, for me, like when I see a company putting together something, if they're using the term meetup, sometimes I feel, I feel like maybe that's been misused. What do you guys think about that? I, I, I agree. I, um, you know, in the past I used to, I used to work um, for an academic software company. So the, the group of users was small um, and they were all, you know, people working in admissions or, or some sort of curriculum development or whatever. And what we would do is we'd have a yearly what we called user meetup or user group session. Um, and I think that that was like, you know, this is 
before meetup days, before people were actually going to meetups or user groups, like that's what it really was. Like your users, your end users coming to learn about the new features of a product. And I think that's more in line with what these branded meetups should be. Like if you have a specific group of users and they want to find out about the latest features or everything, great, do that. But do it like once a year or do it, you know, maybe, maybe quarterly and, and maybe do it online. Um, so you're not taking away from some physical meetup that's happening in a specific location. You know, unless you have like a huge headquarters in, in San Antonio or something and say, okay, everybody come to San Antonio and, and let's do this. But don't do it as like a continued monthly meetup um, well, where you're, you're dominating a community and taking away a night from something else that could, could end up building something better that your product will actually need or use. And to me, I mean, back to, back to your point, Jason, about how it's, uh, you end up with, with companies kind of taking over and it's no longer got the community feel anymore. It's, it's like a vendor agnostic conference versus a vendor specific conference. Right. And like not, not to bash vendor specific conferences because there are some really, really, really good ones out there, but it's this issue of you know, are we coming together to talk about a variety of things and a variety is to approach a or to talk about one specific tool and one specific thing. And I think there's times and places for all of that, but it's, it's a very different idea. And, and one of them brings together one particular niche community and one of them brings together a whole community with a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different viewpoints yep. and tools and things like that. Yeah, there's definitely the, there's two sides of the same coin on in terms of expectations. And I think, you know, I go into um, certain community events and I, I, I have in my mind why I'm there and who, you know, who I'm trying to engage with. And um, I think if it's if, if I go into a situation where I know that this is more of a tool sort of owned event, then although there, there's going to be plenty of sharing and cross collaboration of ideas and that kind of stuff, um, I also go in with this like level of expectation and sort of just I'm okay with being pitched to a little bit or I'm okay with you know having somebody wanting to you know get my email address or something along those lines because that's that's just you know that's kind of part of what that event is for so I don't know sometimes I, I maybe I'm uh, I'm one of those people who are um, a stickler for for semantics and stuff like that but I think that the expectation sort of is is for a lot of meetups that um, that it isn't going to be that pitchy type of thing. It's really just uh, a meeting of minds and people and like-mindedness and, um, and that's it. But I, I think because you know, maybe it's through the tool meetup.com, maybe it's just because that term has become so popular that people just tend, tend to use meetup thinking that it you know, kind of means a bigger thing, but, but at least to me, and I know a lot of other folks, it, it still means something a little bit more special than um, some of the other stuff. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, devil's advocate for a second here. There's another set of meetups that have started popping up that are gaining popularity a little bit that are meetups run by one specific company. So they might not have outside sponsorship, but they are not focused on their tool. So uh, there's one recently that popped up, a company called Sentry here in San Francisco mm -hmm. that they're doing uh, scout, scout parties scout something yes. um, actually that's ironically that's directly related to the tweet that jason and i were talking about right, earlier. 
So there's that one. Um, Algolia does search parties really often. Uh, Nihilus is starting up one with just developer events that happen every quarter. So there's these, these companies that are starting up these events that the topics are broad. They're more... Um, inclusive, if you will. There, there are a wide variety of topics that apply to a wide variety of developers, um, but it's, it's not a pitch. And they might stand up there at the beginning and say, hey, you know, this is who we are, this is what we're about, and we're hiring. But that's about the extent of the pitch that they do that night. And the rest of the night is, you know, pulling together people from the community. And there might be one of their people on the panel or on the speaker slot that night, but it's not this is what we do, this is who we are, you should totally use our product kind of a deal. Right, I, I th and I, I, think, I think that's okay. I think there's a subtlety there that, that gets spoken to. That's, that's a company trying to be involved in the community and I think that's great. I think that's you know, basically like a little bit of a step up from sponsoring or from providing space for an open-ended community-run meetup. Um, I think you know, we, we were talking about there's a spectrum of you know, that company X meetup that I was talking about and you know, the puppet meetups over here. And I think that falls definitely more towards the puppet meetups where it's like, yeah, our t-shirts and swag are going to be there. And yeah, maybe we might toss a speaker in every once in a while if we couldn't find anybody else or, you know, if, if there's space available and yeah, we're buying the pizza and it's in our office, but at the same time we're talking about, you know, things that everyone needs to do, you know, why, you know, how to apply to a CFP, why mechanical keyboards are great. Um, you know, how to take care of burnout. Like these are topics that, that relate to all developers and are not specific to, just the people using the tool or the product. And I think that's fantastic. I think that shows that a lot of organizations and even, even the branded meetups show that a lot of organizations understand the value of meetups and community that doesn't necessarily directly correlate to ROI. Yeah, actually I can say, I mean, that's the exact format that, that I follow for uh, the meetup that I run here out of Victor Ops. Um, so uh, it, it is kind of, I think, finding that, that balance, but I will say that a lot of it has to do with two, um, you know, so, so for example, the, the meetup that I run is, is called the Front Range Site Reliability Engineering Meetup. So it's obviously very specific to uh, SRE types of topics, which is right in the wheelhouse of VictorOps. So there's, you can kind of see why it makes sense for, for VictorOps to host something like that. But at the same time, I'm a member of that SRE um, sort of, community and, and, and part of that local community. And so I feel like a lot of it has to kind of go on, or a lot of it sort of gets sorted out by who's actually owning that meetup. Do you have a, a member within an organization like myself, who is obviously uh, a co you know, a worker at, at VictorOps, but, but I consider myself just a part of like the greater SRE and, and DevOps community. So right. I started one and I just happened to be working at a, at a company that also wants to support those people. And so they kind of let me have the space and give me some budget to order in, you know, uh, catered food and have beer. And, um, you know, so it's, I think if, I think if the company tried to own that as just like, this is Victor Ops's thing and they, they put on the, they put on an event and maybe there's like a rotating cast of people that are sort of uh, planning it and organizing it. And it sort of just gets blended in with business of the company then it can sort of lose that community edge. But if there's someone um, who still feels like they're part of the community and they're the one who's driving it, then, it, then I think it has more value. And, and people can tell that when they show up at a meetup, they don't feel like they're here and they're gonna be pitched at. I think, like Mary said, it's perfectly fine to say, thank you, you know, Victor Ops, of course, we're hiring. 
Um, but that's all we're going to say about that. Please enjoy the evening with, you know, this person and, and their amazing thoughts on topics. It feels more genuine that way. It doesn't feel like you're being sold to. It feels like, like PJ, like you said, that you want, the company genuinely wants to be involved with the community and giving back to the community and providing that space to do those things versus they're only in it for their good. Exactly. And I think, I think that's the key is, is finding, I mean, you have to strike a balance and a meetup is, if anything, a balance between community and, and the ability for that community to, frankly, afford to keep things going. I mean, meetups cost money. And I think a lot of people don't realize that sponsorship is a great way to get money. Um, having companies get involved is even better. I think the, the line needs to get drawn when it becomes, it's just about us and not about the community. It's just about our company, our organization, and it's not about the community anymore. And I think that's the key. I think that's, that's where we, we have to raise question marks and say, hey, maybe you're not providing for the community the way that you think you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good place to, to end us today. Okay. All right. Cool. <clears throat> Shorty. And speaking of balance, uh, <laughs> as most of you know, we like to do these takeaways at the end. Um, things that are, are keeping us sane, things that are keeping us from burnout, things that we're enjoying lately. So uh jason how about you you start us off today um so yeah i've got two things um one uh, is a book i recently read um from uh, written by a friend of mine named dominica de grandis um she put out this awesome book i recommend it to everyone not just people in tech or evangelism or anything like that um it's called uh, make work visible um i got it on a tuesday night and i was done with it by wednesday morning uh, it's wow. a really it's a pretty quick read um uh, so I, I highly recommend it, especially for anybody who feels like the, you've got too many plates spinning and then something's going to something's gonna fall and it's going to be terrible. You just always feel like you just got too much work. Uh, she makes some pretty good arguments on why that's bad and, and, and how you can sort of address that. So highly recommend that. And then another one is a tool um, that I just thought of right before the show. Um, one of our engineers pointed it out to me. Um, it's I think it's originally sort of for people who want to map out their infrastructure using specifically AWS, which uh, I know a lot of people uh, who listen to the show do a lot of you know, technical docs and sort of map out ideas and how systems are coming together and applications are coming together. Uh, but it's a pretty cool little tool to sort of visually map out um, different aspects, definitely specific to AWS, but you can drop in some other uh, images and your own stuff too. So it's kind of a cool tool, uh, but that's called CloudCraft. If you go to cloudcraft.co, um, you can see that. So those are my two, two, two takeaways. Two, 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 two takeaways. Uh, <laughs> so uh, my, uh, let's see, my, my relaxing takeaway, you know, over the, over the holiday break and everything, there was a show that was on AMC a little while ago. I meant to catch it, but I didn't. It's kind of geeky, but a little less of the Mr. Robot. You know, it's more of a Silicon Valley type thing, but it's called Halt and Catch Fire. Oh yeah, and uh, I think it's a great show, mostly because I think everyone thinks that the world of tech started somewhere around 2007, and these are people working in like 1982, 1983. Uh, it's really about getting like one of the first laptops to market. Um, based mostly, it's kind of a an anthology put together of of, of multiple true stories, um, but they use you know these main characters as kind of representatives of various groups. Uh, and it went, it went for four seasons. It's available on Netflix. It's pretty cool. Uh, you should check it out. Um, as far as, you know, actual physical things, I recently picked up a great pair of headphones. Um, they're called Urban Ears. I'm not wearing them right now. 
um, because I love them so much. Like I keep them in a, in, in a drawer privately. Like I don't want anyone to touch them. I love them so much. Um, but yeah, they, they're called Urban Ears. Uh, I got the green pair. They, they vary in price from about uh, $50 to about $150, depending on options. Uh, but nice, warm sounds, not too bassy. Um, very comfortable. And ironically, they kind of look like those earphones they used to put on you when you did the hearing test in elementary school. You know, and you had to like raise your hand. But yeah, Urban Ears, highly recommend them. Great sound. Uh, very comfortable, very warm. Check them out. Nice. All right, I guess I'm up. Uh, so I have two things as well. The first is a tool that I've been using, a website. Um, I know a lot of us have been struggling with figuring out what conferences are coming up, what CFPs are coming up, keeping track of dates and everything else. Um, and someone, I forget who, turned me on a while ago to a site called Code and Talk, codeandtalk.com. Um, and it's uh, group think about upcoming conferences and everything else. So it's run on GitHub. You can submit pull requests to put in new uh, conferences and CFPs that are coming up. And then everything is sortable by location, by CFP being open, by code of conduct, by a whole bunch of other things. Um, so I've been using that a lot, both for myself and for some of my clients. Um, and then my for fun one, um, I fun fact about myself. I hate doing dishes. I hate cleaning the house. I hate doing all of those types of things. Um, but if I have a good podcast to listen to, it makes it a lot easier. And the two that I've been kind of going through lately, uh, one is called Reply All, which is a really, really fun, like quirky internet things, uh, random websites and, and, and random bugs that people find, but not from a technical aspect as much as a people aspect, which makes me really, really love it. Um, and then the other one is called Crime Town. Um, and if see, season one at least focuses on Providence, Rhode Island, and just the unexpected mob scene that that has been there and has been in the histories there. Um, so anyways, just two really, really good podcasts. They're both actually put out by Gimlet Media, which is an awesome, awesome podcasting company and pretty much anything that they put out, I absolutely love. Um, and speaking of podcasts, if you are one of our faithful listeners, um, we would love, love, love for you to rate us in iTunes or whatever podcast listening software uh, you use, as well as leave us a review if you're so inclined. Um, we're trying to get the word out there about the podcast again and, and trying to get our listenership up um, just to make sure that the content that we're providing is useful to folks and, and getting to the people who are doing these types of things. So we'd really appreciate your help in that way. And with that, I think we're done with another episode of Community Pulse. So first thanks. episode of 2018. Yes, first episode of 2018, episode 20. Uh, we're really, really pushing to get an episode out a month this year. So stick with us. Uh, if you have topics or people that you think we should talk to, hit us up on Twitter, um, community underscore pulse, and we'll be talking to you soon. Until then, this is Mary Thingval. You can find me on Twitter at Mary underscore Grace. I'm Jason Hand. You can find me at Jason Hand on Twitter. And I'm PJ Haggerty, and you can find me at Esplenic on Twitter. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.